0: Blog Talk Radio. Thank you.
1: Welcome to the Natural Running Network. We are brought to you by Mio, makers of the world's first strapless heart rate monitor sports watches, and Medhab, makers of RPM Squared, an innovative system of gait analysis that slips right into your running shoes. My name is Richard Diaz. I am your host. Are you a runner? Do you love to get out and challenge yourself? running your first marathon, or maybe caught the bug of obstacle racing? Well, sit tight, because this is a show you just don't want to miss. Once again, I have the great pleasure of bringing on Dr. Steve Coppelbianco. He's the medical director for Rock Tape. He's a dear friend. I have been involved with this company for several years now. I'm absolutely an advocate of their products And they are expanding and creating a lot of really, really interesting things for the sport of OCR and all athletes. And uh, we're going to talk about some things that are painful to talk about but important to discuss, which is the onset of injury associated with athleticism, what's causing it, and what to do as a first line of defense. Steve, say hello to our audience and thanks for coming on.
2: Well, thank you again, Richard. It's, uh, it's always good to come on. I, I agree with you. I don't want to be talking about downers in performance, but uh, this is what you and I are both faced with uh, in, in our respective world, so I think it's something that we should be talking about. So thanks for having
1: me. Well, I respect what you do. You're deep when it comes to the education and this front line of facial movement and the, the avant-garde of sports performance. What's the word I'm trying to use? Prevention.
2: What do we? Yeah, doing? I think pre- prevention is a good word. It's just uh, it, it, one is arming people with information. Uh, I think that's what you and I, how you and I linked together initially, is that we would be finishing each other's sentences and saying, you know, this is what we're looking to provide to the athletes that we work with. But but once you have information, you have to have an arsenal of of tools and equipment to be able to supply to them. And that's when it comes to. Rock Tape, we have what we call the Rock Tape Movement Pyramid, and we just recently completed completed it with with some extra tools that we could talk about, but ultimately giving them the information of how to use these tools to be able to improve their performance and mitigate their injury risk.
1: Now, most of the injuries, let, let me just kind of replay this. I have clients I work with that are all over the country, and some of them I don't have a chance to ever meet person to person. So all the communique is done via Internet, phone, what have you. Uh, We do video clips back and forth. Uh, We do all sorts of things to look at movement and try to address the things that are causing the problems that they're facing. But the problems that are typically being faced by the community that I deal with, which is almost primarily OCR athletes, is that they're lower extremity injuries. They're a lot of plantar fasciitis. We're seeing a lot of Achilles tendonitis. We're seeing issues with shin splints. We're seeing calf strains, and almost not so much knee problems as was typical with a lot of the runners that I dealt with. And I'm not sure why that is, but when when I'll get a call, so oh man, you're not going to believe it. I was like, oh, I can almost can't put my foot down, and you know, what do I do? And and you got this desperation call. And to be clear, I'm not a physician, I'm not a therapist, I'm a coach. And I'd like to believe I have a, a, a good sense of solution to a lot of these problems, or at least know when to say when in respect to referring. But it's it's frustrating for me because we're trying to get these guys to a better place. They want to perform, they want to get on the podium, and along comes this injury. And I know a lot of it's got to do with the fact that they're overtraining because they're pressed to race often and what have you. But what I think is fascinating, and I don't want to get onto too big of a rant here, but what I think is fascinating <laughs> is that there are absolutely some things that could be taken on on a daily basis that would make a big, big difference in respect to keeping people in a state of vitality, in respect to having Their systems intact. And I I say system as opposed to drawing out tendon and fascia and, you know, structural things like this. But I guess the question is this, Steve. If you were the guy at the end of the line and somebody starts talking about these types of uh, maladies, how would you approach this? And and I want you to take off your doctor hat for a second and just be a coach for a second and be like me. And how would you approach that conversation?
2: A, that's a deep one, Richard. I, I you threw the big the big bomb right off the right off the bat. <laughs> I, uh, I I do appreciate the the question because before I became a clinician, I've been treating you know treating for, gosh, what is it, fourteen years now. But before that, I was a sports performance coach, and I, I like like to believe that I'm blended between the two, and and I, I use many of the skills that I've. Learned through my coaching environment as a clinician, and first and foremost, if I was going to be faced with these types of uh, considerations, I, I need to first look at the bottom of our pyramid. I put this pyramid together together, so I want to I want to touch on it. But ultimately, looking at them, looking at the client move, looking at the athlete uh, perform the activities that they're doing that potentially are are creating the symptomology that they're experiencing. So the bottom of our pyramid is screening. We need, all of us can screen. I can't go to a mall without screening the person walking in front of me. So we all have a knack of identifying something outside of what we would consider normal. And I think that's the, the entry level uh, opportunity to start to dissect the person that we're working with. So I would look at their, if we're talking about someone that's running that's causing an Achilles tendonitis or tendinosis, uh, you want to identify what are the mechanical faults that you can pick up with your naked eye and now with some cool technology. But from that point, then we can start to tease it out even further. We can move from a screen and then we can move towards an assessment. Um, So as as a coach, before I became a clinician, I had a team of, clinicians that I could reach out to if it was outside of my scope of practice, and I'm speaking to your coaches that are, that are listening in, is that you need to connect yourself with uh, the necessary community around you to be able to help you when you get stuck or when it's outside of your scope of practice. So initially, I would screen. If I have to, I can move to an assessment where I can get them on a table and start to break, break the, uh, the body down. But really, those are, the, those are the entry points to identify what's going on. And from that point, then we could use the tool set that we have available to us as coaches to start to um, disrupt the, um, the body to get them back into moving more effectively.
1: Well, that's pretty much what I think I've been doing, obviously. Yep. When, when I have someone that's complaining about a particular pain or circumstance, the first thing I tell them is to shoot me some fresh video. Yeah. And I have them shoot me about a 15-second video of them running towards the camera, away from the camera, side view, and then what I'll do is I'll push it into my analysis software, I'll look at the things that they're doing, and I can pretty much figure out, based on the way they're making contact with the ground, what, in fact, if anything, is causing the problem. And then what I'll try to do is get on the phone with them and talk them through what I see and then try to talk them out of doing what they were doing to cause the problem to begin with. Right. And then, But let's get a little further into this because a lot of times our perception is the enemy. What we feel like we're doing versus what we're actually doing is a little confusing. And so you think you're doing the right thing, and it says on your training program that you're going to run for an hour, or do hill repeats or whatever and you just go ahead and suck it up and do it anyway and now it's becoming chronic and then the itis is now starting to turn into an osis and then it's tougher and tougher and tougher to get rid of and what's really sad but but the truth is that when you get to that stage of the injury it takes a lot longer for the thing to go away. Now What's exciting, and I'm almost going to get ahead of ourselves here, but what's exciting in my mind is what you guys did when you introduced the rock blades, because this looks like a really cool tool to help to intervene when you're having issues that taping alone or myofascial release with a roller or something is just not enough. Am, am I off point with that thinking, or, or what do you, what's your thought?
2: Yeah, I think uh, it's a good way to describe them, it's just a, a more precise tool that we have available to to us now to, to make some physical as well as neurological changes uh, to the body.
1: So let's take a look at that. Now, we're talking about realigning, reorganizing fascia. Am I right?
2: This is and this is where, you know, we can get pretty deep into this, but this is the classic understanding that most people think that we use these instruments, blades, uh, and other ones that are similar to it um, to help reorganize, to break up adhesions, to to create some type of myofascial release. Those are terms that you and I are both really familiar with. But I'll tell you something that what we're learning is that, we don't have the capacity to truly distort myofascial, the myofascial system. We, we say these words and people believe that that's truly what we're doing. Getting into this, this idea of what we say matters. And, and I'll tell you from as uh, a clinician that if I say that, and I used to say this, that we're breaking up adhesions, we're breaking up scar tissue. And some of the more astute clientele or patients would say, well, where does that, where does it go? and I didn't really have a great answer. Uh, And in diving into the research, especially in the last five years, what we're learning is that we don't necessarily treat fascia from the tools that we have available, including blades. And that was somewhat of a a big bomb on on how I practice, because that's what I thought I was doing. But what we're learning is that we're not necessarily treating the fascia itself, but we're treating the interface between layers of fascia. And, and what we need to recognize if we break the, the body down into a sandwich, like from the skin all the way down to the muscle, for example, the skin is the outer layer of this of this fascial bag. And then we have multiple layers that all need to be able to slide amongst each other. And this is something that really starts to make sense to people because if we think of it, in, I'm talking, you know, With words, but I'm trying to give you the picture in your mind of having two pieces of paper that should be able to slide amongst each other back and forth. And if we put some glue between that, or better yet, I like the idea of Velcro, and the Velcro um, becomes affixed to each other, those two sliding pieces of paper no longer can do so. And this is what we're learning, is that these types of tools from a myofascial ball to foam rollers to my hands and now to a tool like these uh, rock blades is that we can create a shearing mechanism from the skin all the way into the tissue, creating a gliding um, force to the tissues to improve the ability for these tissues to move amongst each other. Uh, It's really the Velcroing effect that starts the process of, of, of accusing inflammation and chronic inflammation leading to the things that we know about, which is tendonitis and tendinosis. And if we can improve the ability for those tissues to glide, uh, it does two things. It, in, it decreases the, the likelihood of future inflammatory types of uh, uh, issues. But secondly, it improves our performance and improving our ability to spring. Because uh, if we don't have the ability to glide or slide, we don't have the ability to absorb ground reaction forces and use that Elastic spring that we have available within our fascial system.
1: Wow. Okay, so now I totally get it.
2: I do. (laughs) Well, it's a different way of looking at it, right, Richard? It's not. It's not
1: that we're just breaking
2: up adhesions. There is some evidence to to indicate that we can have changes to fibroblasts, which makes up most of our tissue in our body, and we can lay down new connective tissue, and we can make some changes there, but. Ultimately, what we're learning is that we're improving the gliding capacity with these tools from the outside in.
1: Do you know uh, a guy by the name of Brian Abelson?
2: I do. I do. I know him well, actually. From uh, oh, you, uh, go, you guys me, are
1: old school, right? You m- Calgary.
2: M- yeah, that's right. Midwest of Canada.
1: I've done a couple shows with him. I like him. Oh, great. And he's got some YouTube videos. And when you were talking about this, he came to mind because he did a little clip on uh, what he called nerve flossing. Yes. And essentially what you're talking about is the same thing, is being able to free up the the nerve sheath from the nerves so that the nerves travel better, innervate the the associated muscles, and so you improve your functionality. Is that pretty much what we're talking about?
2: And even more exciting, because I, I know you and I wanted to talk about these lower extremity you know, leaks and issues people that, that the OCR community and, and endurance athletes really deal with, that I think, A lot of these chronic conditions, Achilles tendinopathies, you know, chronic ankle inversion issues, plantar fascia, um, gastrointestinal strain, you know, know, cumulative uh, cumulative strains are more to do with this gliding capacity and, and even more importantly, having an effect on the nerves that innervate those areas. So I think they're more nerve entrapments than they are truly tendinopathies.
0: Hmm.
1: Well, then I guess the the thing that people should take from this is that these layers of material, I'm using yeah. material just to I try like it. it. Okay. So the point being is that they need to be able to travel amongst each other efficiently, sliding doors or something like this. Yep. Yeah. And in the event that there's a trap where you're inhibited from the ability to move through your range of motion, then this lockup, so to speak, is where the disruption starts to cause injury. Does that sound fair?
2: It does. It starts to create a <coughs> Velcroing effect, increasing inflammation. It can start to entrap those nerves that are in that area that innervate those, those regions of the body that we have symptoms, so all of the above, yes.
1: Yeah. So I'm also a pretty big fan of uh, Dr. Emily. Mm-hmm. And she, as you know, she's very big into this barefoot activation theory. And coming from the great toe, where if you have lack of mobility there, it translates into issues all up the kinetic chain, and, and then before you know it, you have an injury because nothing's moving properly. Right. So in essence, what we're talking about with this application of the blading technique, it's called instrument-assisted facial movement, right? Is that right? Did I get well, it right?
2: the true term for the, the class of uh, of instrument-assisted techniques is called instrument-assisted soft tissue manipulation. There you go.
1: I knew it was something like that. Soft yep. tissue, fascia. Correct. We're close to the bone. We are. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> <laughs> but but the point being is that you're just essentially assisting in improving this movement, which is going to free up and allow functionality to improve.
2: Yeah, absolutely. All
1: right. So at the end of the day, what athletes need to address when they're starting to run into these problems, is freeing up these, these materials, getting things moving again. And so this could be a long chain of concerns, right? If you're dehydrated, that could probably lead to problems, right? Yep. And if you're chronically tight and you're not doing anything about it, that obviously is going to lead to problems down the road, right on down the chain. So you guys, with uh, all the little toys that you're coming up with, these are basically, these, every every athlete we're, that's listening to this right now should be thinking in terms of stopping by rocktape.com and picking up the bands, picking up the uh, ball, picking up some tape, going to work on trying to improve and free up their structures.
2: Yeah, I think um, and within the library of information that we provide, and I'm, I'm really proud to say that we provide it for free on our website, but... Uh, thinking about this this movement pyramid is that you can self-screen yourself and do what you said and with even with their own eye can identify some certain faults that they may have and they can start to tease it out and figure out where are they stuck in and that's really where their mobility is limited and where are they weak where are they lacking in motor control and stability but uh, i would recommend any athlete to reach out to a coach like yourself and do, in, I like the fact that you have the ability to give them input from from abroad saying, listen, I'm, I'm calling you from the UK, uh, and you say, well, I'm going to start off with a screen, just like I'm suggesting, and then you give them input of how to mobilize areas that are stuck, that are Velcroed together, for example, with the tools that are available, and then, more importantly, to get those areas to maintain their mobility, we're going to start to input to the nervous system improved motor control and stability. Uh, and I, I say these two words uh, separately because they are two separate things, which I know you know, but I wanna to convey to your, to your following that motor control is, is the instantaneous reaction that your brain will provide to the body. So it's timing and rhythm. When you make foot strike, how do you engage the appropriate mus- musculature at the right time to initiate the movement? Stability is your ability to resist the the movement, and that really comes down through a good stabilization program and strength and conditioning. But this is where this pyramid really comes in. By being in, in, uh, empowered by information, you could figure out how to screen and figure out what's faulty in your pattern, how to mobilize things, and now we have the instrument-assisted tool, the rock blades, to be even more precise to improve that gliding capacity and unsticking the areas that are stuck, if you will, uh, and then using tape, uh, and we added tape to, um, our pyramid from the beginning because we recognize by putting tape on a foot that's unstable, putting a tape on a knee that's gliding medially on each foot strike, you know, by putting tape on the body, we can better communicate with the brain and improve your motor control right off the bat. That's been well proven in the research. Um, and then from that point, you just move better. So if you're moving well, you can move longer and, and move mo- with better performance. And that's really the goal of what we have as a company is giving you the tools to recognize where you go wrong, mobilize what's stuck, stabilize and, or excuse me, improve motor control and stabilize where where necessary and then start moving more uh, effectively. And I think that's really the, uh, the ultimate goal of what we have.
1: Well said. Now, the other thing that uh, you guys have gotten into, and, I, again, this morning I had the opportunity to share with someone the rock bands. Yeah. Now, I have a client who I haven't seen in a long time. She lives in San Diego and just came up to do some training with us this morning, and she's diabetic. Being diabetic, she uh, has issues with her joints, and her her shoulder was froze, and she ended up having to have surgery. I mean, I wasn't involved in any of that conversation with her early on, but she just contacted me recently and said I had, you know, some, some surgery, and they just basically tried to clear up some of the mess that was in her shoulder girdle whatever. Right. And she was saying my mobility is X, so she's like holding her arms up to show me how far back she can raise her arm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I turned her on to the rock band and some of the mobility exercises to promote range of motion. I just think this is cool stuff because in my community of OCR, these guys, like CrossFit, are involved in a lot of upper body exercise. Yeah. And they face the same type of challenges that the uh, the uh, CrossFit folk face. So I think that this is another way. Uh, it's not along the same lines of the conversation we're having, but dealing with upper body stress, even in the hip girdle you're showing, hip and ankle mobility drills and showing things to do with the shoulder and this is all stuff you could do by yourself you don't need someone to do it to you or for you right
0: right
2: Uh, i think that's that's huge is that having empowerment and having autonomy of you know how do you fix yourself Uh, i love this whole community that's getting into this biohacking you've been following this community of how to hack your own body I, i think that's what we're really trying to do is how do we get the information you're providing the information rock tape and in my opinion is providing good information we can we can uh, provide the tools and so we have you know the rock blades rock bands for specific joint mobilization balls and and rollers and all the tools that it, that's been around but now attached to a little bit more clarity of what it's really doing and how to use it more effectively pre-activity and post activity that's really key right you, you have to have the information to be able to use these tools effectively uh, and safely, I should say.
1: Well, I don't think there's another one-stop resource for this type of thing other than rock tape that I'm aware of.
2: Well, I'm proud to say that I would agree with you Is that that's, that's one thing that I felt lacking. I always had as a coach, I'd say uh, a client would reach out to me and saying, well, I want to do this. They're, they're talking to me from abroad, for example. Right. And I said, well, gosh, uh, go to YouTube uh, click on uh, hip mobilization and you'll get 400 uh, I'm probably even lowballing it but you know many many uh, examples of hip mobilizations well which one is safe which one is more effective or more appropriate for the person you're speaking to the answer is no one knows right, right. so what we wanted to put together was a library of information that that was generated by people much smarter than I. I have such a great clinical team now that I get to reach out to and say, let's get the top three hip mobilization tools that we have available. And we did so. We provided a library and and tools to be able to make that happen.
1: Well, and, again, it's like uh, Wikipedia, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You don't know. Somebody just went ahead and, and threw it out there, and, and because it was written, it must be true, right?
2: Right. Exactly. Uh,
1: so, a trusted source, being able to go to, to people like yourself and your team, and know that the information is going to be uh, solid and it's going to be it's going to be tried and proven and, and evidence based, right?
2: Yep. Absolutely. So
1: I, I love it, and uh, that's probably why I've been so high on the whole company for so many years. At this point, let me just kind of bring this to. Almost a conclusion, you know, we, I, if there's ever a conclusion. God, i get got dings and all kinds of beeps going off here. I'm going to have to fix that. Got <laughs> people Facebooking me and dinging my phone.
2: Oh, well, that happens.
1: Yeah. All right, so I'm sorry. No worries. Um, so here's what I'm doing. And incidentally, I, I, I'm doing a lot of traveling these days. I didn't used to do it, and we, we discussed this years ago, you and I and even Greg, where He said, master your community, you know, stay home, do what you do where you live, and then expand as you're capable. And I I took that advice, and to be honest with you, I don't have any control over it anymore, partially due to this podcast, well, to a great deal of credit to this podcast. But they reach out to me from all over the country, sometimes other parts of the world, and they say, how are we going to get you out here? And these are frustrated people, by the way. I'm sure that there are coaches in their neighborhood that that are bang up about throwing down tough workouts and, and, you know, writing scripture for athletes. But what I try to do, and I think is different than most, is I break it down to fundamentals. I tell people you have no business throwing volume or intensity into your work until you are fundamentally sound with the way you're moving. And that's frustrating for a lot of people to swallow because they don't want to slow down. They don't want to take it easy. They want to go out there and hammer, hammer, hammer. And what I end up doing is if they pay attention, and and the percentage of people that actually will do as I ask them to do is probably lower than I'd like it to be, but I'll get these kudos from guys who say, you know, you know what, ever since I did this, blah, 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 I'm able to do this now. And I tell people that what I look for is I want them to become impervious to injury. Forget about trying to drop your PR or, you know, get on the podium or whatever. First thing I want is I want you to be impervious to injury with the way you move. Now, that's a big, tall order, uh, because regardless of what you do, if you put enough volume and intensity into it, you still have the potential to injure yourself, even if you're perfect with your form. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, I've found that when people adhere to proper mechanics with the way they move, Their injury potential goes way down, and their ability to support more and more volume and an intensity goes way, way up. And so that's the payback. So for slowing down for a little while, doing things right, then the payback is they start to uh, improve as an athlete. And I've had this, I don't know how much you follow uh, Hunter and those guys, but, you know, Hunter spent about a year out with IT band syndrome. The problem was that he was throwing a lot of late-stage pronation into the way he was running, and it was it was just taxing him. And we went into strapping him up and things like this, and putting him on the treadmill, sticking him on a metronome, and just really, really forcing him into proper mechanics. And this year, he is a force to be reckoned with. I mean, you probably saw a little video clip. I beat this guy senselessly. Oh,
2: I, I saw that. Yeah. Yesterday? Did you post that yesterday? Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, that was that was painful to even watch. <laughs> let alone be in.
1: You know, I'll tell you, people don't appreciate what really was happening behind the scenes there, and I made okay. a point to, to note that he was lifting 70-pound dumbbells. Yeah. He's doing yeah. a farmer carry, uh, I don't know, it was probably about 150 yards up a, about a 30% grade. But beyond that, the little course that we were running is a, is a mile long. Yeah. And he was dragging me Literally dragging me because I was on the brakes a lot. <laughs> dragging me for a mile and turning over six 15-mile paces.
2: Oh, wow, my gosh. I didn't know that.
1: And then after six sets of doing that, I cut him loose to see how fast he could run the mile after all that. He ran a 449. Wow. And we've done this a few times, but the, the time we did it, he was weighing in at about 190 pounds. Wow. To run a 449 after that beatdown, I just—I mean, I'm having fun with it, you know. I'm throwing stuff at him just to see whether he can do it. (laughs) There's no real sensible approach to the work. Just, (laughs) gosh, I wonder if I do this to him, whether he can take it.
2: I'm sure he loves it.
1: Oh yeah, he does, and it works. You know, it's obviously getting him to a better place. But we don't do— to be clear, we don't do this every day. We do this like once a week. Understood. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, the point I'm trying to make is that you get to a place where. The fun starts because you're not hurting yourself anymore. Yeah. Uh, if you move well, you can move more often. And yeah, I love I think, I'm thinking I'm that. quoting Gray, right?
2: Yep. Yeah.
1: Through these tools now, these are really important to to have in an athlete's quiver. You need to learn the process of myofascial release. Learn what it means and what you're trying to do when you do what you're doing. And the easiest way out is just to watch some videos. And, again, the source from Rock Tape's a good one. But basically have maintenance because in an imperfect world, if you're not doing the right things, you're going to start to injure yourself, and you've got to stay on the front end of it, right?
2: Right. That's most important.
1: I would agree. So that's kind of my rant today. That's my rant is that I was excited to see the new toys that were coming about from Rock Tape. I use them as a resource often, and I wish I had you closer by because <laughs> you, you'd have to you'd have to hire three more people just to keep up with all the business I throw at you. No kidding, it's crazy. But that's that's my rant today. Is that you? You need to have a resource, and you need to be thinking in terms of what you can do to keep your body supple. Is that a good word?
2: I love supple. I love I, I love analogies like that of just giving people the idea of what you're trying to accomplish. Um, and I'll throw out one more, because I, I think you threw out a nice, a couple of one-liners, but the, the one you were speaking about making yourself impervious to injury and if that's even possible, but I think you could manage the system so much better with, with all the things that we've been talking about. But, uh, I was talking to a parent and the parent wanted their kid to throw open a trash can. They wanted them to get faster and, and stronger and I said well more importantly than your kid's ability I'm more concerned about your kid's availability and I think any of the individuals that reach out to you that are injured and those that come to my office when they're when they're faced with some type of, of restriction that's limiting them from performing they're more concerned about availability and I think they forget about that because they might get out of their State of injury, and they're getting they get back to their high volume and and high load, and then they become injured again, and then they go back into that cycle. So I think we're really considering concerning ourselves of improving the athlete's availability to perform more so than their ability. Their ability we can fine tune and tweak, and we can work with, but availability is truly the concern because once you once you're sitting on your couch and watching the the other athletes perform. And that's the one that really drives the stake in someone's heart. That's right. a, tr- a true performer. So I, I really think that that's something that we need to stress, that what we're providing is, is tools and information to be able to mitigate risk and improve your availability. And, uh, and if there's something else, and we're always about this, we, you and I were talking about this offline, is that this company, Rocktape, which I love so much about, is that we are a movement company that dabbles in tape. We're probably best known for tape, but we are completely in line with this idea of what do we need to develop, what do we need to improve on, in respect to tools to be able to make our coaches and our clinicians, as part of our community, uh, more effective of giving um, to their more effective in in response to what their clients and patients need.
1: Right. So you know what I was thinking while you were saying that is that yep. over the years that you've been involved with the company and doing all this research that you've been doing, have you found that your position on approach has changed much? Have you learned, have you learned something that you didn't know before that you wish you knew when you first started doing what you're doing?
2: Are you kidding me? I, I'm not even recognizable. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just a completely different person. Uh, what I said, I, I would I would, punch, I would throat punch myself
0: uh,
2: <laughs> five years ago if I say the same thing now. It is it is it is amazing what science is providing us, and I think we're in a really cool phase of of scientific scientific evolution. Uh, my wife is a great example; she's a PhD candidate in neuroscience, and what we're learning about the brain and how we can you know uh, screw with it, if you will, to improve our performance and mitigate our risk to injury is so friggin' cool. And I think we're on the, the vanguard of, of that type of information in respect of how we use the tools that we've created and how we make new tools that are going to change the game when it comes to sports performance and injury risk.
1: I need to get her on. We need to talk.
2: Yeah, he would love her. Uh, she's a yoga therapist uh, and she, uh, we, we've, uh, we've created this program called functional flow uh, just to throw in uh, another um, site for you to check out, FunctionalFlow.com, where we're talking about how to use multi-planar movement patterns that look like yoga, that really deliver the, the goods when it comes to making ourselves more uh, supple, like you said earlier, and uh, and a better athlete overall.
1: I'm sure you're familiar with Johnny G. I'm not. You don't Remind know who Johnny me. G is? He's f- yeah. the founder of Spinning?
2: Oh, gosh. Okay, now, thank you. That's what I needed. Yes, I am.
1: Have you seen the new thing that they're doing? No. In Trinity. Have you not seen it?
2: No, I have not. Explain it to me.
1: In Trinity. Now, uh, I I don't want to go into a a full-blown rant here, but (laughs) uh, first of all, Johnny G. and I are very dear friends, and I'm probably one of the first hundred certified spinning instructors. Huh. And I mean, I haven't taught spinning in so long. I don't. I got a. I've got a spinning bike in my backyard that I think plants are growing off of it. Johnny is an interesting character. If you've never met him, he had some issues with his heart, which caused him to fall away from the company against his wishes. Oh boy. Yeah, it was ugly. But you know, Johnny was spinning. He he was the brand. He created it. He's the founder of it. (coughs) Business got huge. They eventually decided, because he had a pacemaker put in, that he couldn't function in his role as the spokesmodel for the company, so they they basically paid him off and made him go away. Wow. He went dormant for a while, and he can't do that. So he was struggling with what to do next, and he came up with this new thing, which was the crank cycle. You might have seen that. I have, yes. Okay, that's his. And then eh, that was kind of lackluster, in my opinion, but then he, he I'm in his backyard with him, and he's got this board up on uh, a ledge, and he's trying to explain to me what he's trying to do with this board, and I was, like, totally not getting it. And, you know, the guy's bipolar, and hes he's got all kinds of stuff going on, so uh, sometimes listening to him is interesting. <laughs> and I'm saying that with love, because, I mean, literally, sure. he knows that he's published a book that talked about all the problems he's had, but... At the end of the day, he created this board system that's like yoga on an incline board. Oh, boy. And it's called InTrinity. And now they're rolling out these franchises for education and these boutiques. Right now there's one in Santa Barbara in a mall. I think it's the first one. And it's really pretty clever when you see it. So you have to pull up InTrinity.
2: I'm going to do it right now. And,
1: and, and when your wife sees that, she's going to explode. Um, but really really kind of fascinating what they're doing. He's basically talking about working with negative space
2: Well, I like,
1: like it you do yoga on the ground You're limited by the space that you're you're involved with but you get up on an incline and you're able to use gravity and get beyond uh, That level of things and you use negative space in your favor, which is really pretty interesting But I
2: like like the concept
1: yeah, but so at the end of the day it's about freedom flowing getting the body functioning properly And By the way, your wife would probably not appreciate that. I I tell people often that I don't always think that yoga is an answer when it comes to trying to get prepared for an event. I look at it like broadcast supplementation. Yeah, might be a couple things that you really needed and really worked for you and maybe six or seven things that you probably didn't need and might even be contrary to what you needed. Uh, I don't like it from that perspective, but I do absolutely believe that functional movement patterns and improving the way you move so that your body is functioning as it should is absolutely paramount to great performance.
2: Yeah, I think she, she would agree with you completely. Thank God. Yeah. We're on the same page.
1: I get into trouble sometimes, you know.
2: Hey, but being honest is not there's nothing wrong with being honest. But she would agree with that thing.
1: Alright, cool. Well, look, Steve, I absolutely appreciate you doing this with me. And I know we were kind of all over the map a little bit here, but (laughs) I guess that's what happens when you get excited, you know. I mean, I literally am just blown away by this, this whole new concept. I have a handful of clients that I work with that are, you know, like family, that have some issues, and I want to be able to use them as guinea pigs. I'm going to start working on them a little bit, see if we can loosen up some of these issues that they're experiencing because this chronic behavior that they're experiencing is just, it's crazy. And the likelihood that they'll finally go see somebody, and you use the word availability, uh, I'm available, accessible, and, and willing, so it, it changes the game. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But, look, thanks a lot. I, I, I wish I could see you uh, soon, but it doesn't sound like it's going to be a case unless I go to Colorado. We we're, were really, really close to going to Fort Collins and doing a clinic there.
2: Well, I'd love to. If you do, please hit me up. Uh, I'm just uh, about an hour outside of Fort Collins.
1: Yeah, you're in Denver, right?
2: That's uh, just outside of Denver, correct?
1: And uh, the name of your place again?
2: Project Move.
1: Project Move. And that's been what about two years in the works?
2: Two years, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Super excited, loving it.
1: Yeah, cool. You don't miss uh, you don't miss California.
2: I do. I I miss I miss santa cruz and the beach and and i miss my friends but uh, uh this area is uh, the epitome of uh, movers w- wannabe movers uh, wannabe isn't said uh, disparagingly they, these guys just want to move that's what i mean by wannabe movers right uh, and i just love them because uh they're so motivated and and uh and a great great community to work with
1: that's the mountains for you yeah no kidding all right, brother. Say, thanks so much for coming on with me, and uh, you have an amazing day. And just keep up the good work. That's all I can Thank, tell you.
2: Thanks, bud. Much, I much appreciate it. All right, bud.
1: Well, friends, it's time to bring another show to a close. Be sure and tune in to us next week. We've got a lot of great content in store for you. I want you to tell your friends to check us out. You can always find us on Facebook. Simply go search the Natural Running Network, drop us a message. I'd love to learn more about you and the things you do. And until then, you have an amazing day.